Welcome to Westworld FM, a podcast about HBO's Westworld. My name is Alex. And my name is Nick. Today we will be discussing episode four of the show titled Dissonance Theory. We will not be discussing the next time on preview at the end of the show, but we will be spoiling everything through episode four of the series. So please pause and go catch up if you're not current on the show. You can find more episodes of our podcast at westworld.fm. We're also on several of the biggest podcast uh, catchers, so please search for us there. And if you're not, if we're not there, let us know, and we'll get on there. And uh, we're also westworld.fm on Twitter, and you can send feedback to westworld.fm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on air. You can send us corrections, observations, or anything regarding Westworld or our podcast. Speaking of Twitter, we've got some tweets and stuff to read. I did have a brief little discussion with our friend from last week. I think I called her Anne Katrine, but I wanted to clarify. Uh, I will refer to her from Katrine, as Katrine from now on. Uh, but she said, um, Anthony Hopkins is a young man with super neat CGI trick, immediate elephant man throwback, partially also because of the way he was dressing. I fangirled is what she said. So. <laughs> Those Elephant Man fangirls. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> that's an awesome reference. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie? I have not. Oh, it's great. I think that's one of the movies that they used to as a, as a reference for that, that CGI. Makes sense. So, yeah, very cool. And then uh, we also got a few more messages. Um, Chris Jackson, WPS on Twitter, wrote in to say, I don't know if anyone mentioned this, but the hat color reference is a hacker term. White hat on the path of good and black hat is nefarious. They both perform the same actions, but for the sake of a different cause. In the show, they both uh, in the show they both kill just for good or bad reasons. And then one of his buddies also chimed in. Actually, three terms are used. This is uh, barely Doug, B E A R L L Y Doug. Uh, black hat is the bad guys. Gray hat is good or bad depending on the cause. And then white hat is good guys. Uh, he says that he started off as a black hat, realized the harm, transitioned to gray hat, and now he is white hat. Hashtag educate. And then uh, he said, I was a black hat for a year, gray hat for six months, full white hat from 1998 on, used knowledge to educate others. Sorry for the deluge of tweets. Ha, haven't put uh, my hat on for years, but still use my skills occasionally. Yeah, so I was aware of this. I just didn't even really think of it in terms of that. Um, There's some minutia between black hat and white hat in terms of like black hat hackers will find exploits and exploit them for their own gain and not share it with the company or publicly. White hat hackers tend to be people who are working on behalf of a company in order to find exploits. And then gray hat kind of, they're kind of the ones that are like, hey, we found this exploit, you have this long to fix it or give us money to fix it ourselves or we're going to make it public is kind of how it goes. Hmm. So it's kind of, it's a weird hierarchy and I don't, Know that it directly relates to the show, but it is definitely the the vocabulary that they're using. It definitely evokes that. Yeah, I would say it seems pretty intentional, given especially after this week's episode, we have numerous mentions of Black Hat. Yeah, saying "Come Black Hat with me." Yeah, that's true. That's very true. They're they're using it in that vernacular for sure. So, uh, thank you guys for writing into our Twitter, Westworld FM. Thanks, guys. And uh, we do also have an email. Gordon emailed us at westworldfm at gmail dot com. Our old pal Gordon, he said, first of all, although I mentioned it during our Skype talk that was on the Midwest Film Nerds episode 200, which you guys can go check out if you would like, uh, I wanted to reaffirm that I really, really love and enjoy your podcast. Such good conversations are the reason why I love podcasts in the first place. I also like the dynamic of Alex being more into online theories and bringing them to the table while Nick reacts to them. I don't know if you're intentionally going for this, but not reading stuff on Reddit myself, this is a cool place to get a glimpse of what other people come up with. Uh, thank you, Gordon. That yes. wasn't really intentional, but I can kind of start doing that. But it will be going forward, yeah. I, I um, imagine. <laughs> Alex can't help himself. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> the Reddit thread for the post-discussion, there's a lot of really funny people in there, too. There yeah. were some really good jokes. Maybe I can pull that up and read a few of them. But Gordon went on to say, pivoting from this, I wanted to say that Alex's mention of the man in black is future William. I'm okay with putting this out there in the non-spoiler area now. Sure. The man in black is future William uh, theory really blew my mind. And considering this is a Nolan vehicle, I was sure they were going for this. And as you pointed out by the end of episode three, it seemed to debunk this. However, there's a slash film post on how maybe this theory was in fact not being debunked by episode three at all. Considering that you regularly mentioned slash film, I'm sure you've read it so far and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. uh, After this week, I have 
I'm like 99.95% sure that the man in black is not future William or present William or present William or future. Yeah. I don't what Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would agree, but it's funny because now, even though the show is presenting stuff that seems to, uh, reinforce the idea that they are two separate people i still keep watching it kind of wishing that hoping something's gonna happen there's one thing in this episode that still leaves the possibility kind of on the table for me but i'll we'll talk through that as we go through this this next episode dissonance theory and then gordon also went on to say uh, another thing that i found super interesting was your interpretation on why the stray host killed himself i could not imagine from all the things in the first three episodes this would be a subject to this would be a subject to the most diverse interpretations considering that you had two different theories and i had a totally different view on the situation i read it as if the host was conflicted between the voices in his head telling him to kill the female guard and his programming prohibiting him from doing so uh so the only choice he could find to ease his suffering was to kill himself i'm wondering whether we find out something more about this in the future episodes uh lastly and slightly off topic i love that nick brought up run lola run as it's one of my favorite german movies uh you guys are awesome keep up the great work cheers from germany gordon thank you gordon for writing in thanks gordon as always fantastic emails from gordon oh yeah um yeah so the stray host i think in this episode things are kind of commented on that elsie at least thinks that gordon is on the right track she states that it's his it's a reflex. They called it part of his Samaritan reflex, which I don't know that we did. We talk about that on the show at all. I don't think so because that term seemed new to me. So the um, the uh, the hosts are programmed with a Samaritan reflex, so that they will effectively spring into a gun battle in order to deflect the gunfire from other hosts. Or from other guests. Okay. They will try to be bullet sponges. Oh, right. Yeah. I think that was mentioned in the previous week's episode. Yeah. I, I can't remember exactly where I heard it or, or read about it. It might have been on the subreddit or something. But uh, so it kind of makes sense to me that he, like this affected host, wanted to kill Elsie, but also his programming wouldn't. Li- he couldn't overcome his programming like Dolores did in, in that episode. So therefore, he ended up killing himself. To prevent himself from killing her. Yeah. Right. So it's that I yeah, I Gordon I think hit it on the head. I, I think he was right about it. I kinda like my theory of of him being told to not let the information get into the I mean hands, th- there's there's really no evidence any which way yet. Yeah. Uh, as to what happened. And they all everybody's sort of acting like it's no big deal, which is really interesting. I'm I'm kind of waiting for the point in the show when the characters begin to say begin to start taking things fairly seriously <laughs> yeah the way they're going to be like uh there's a lot of weird shit going on right yeah now. <laughs> it's interesting because it, it begs the question of how often do weird things like this happen behind the scenes yeah. and everybody seems or everybody has their own theory on what it is and to them it's the most reassuring theory like yeah. she just she's a programmer so she thinks it's a weird bug and we'll just work it out whereas uh ashley seems to maybe think it's it well he seems to think it's a programmer too <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, we did have one more tweet that I forgot. Quinn22K Quinn wrote in and said, okay, some things... Are, I asked what everybody thought of the episode. Quinn wrote back and said, okay, some things cleared up a little slow, but good. The Man in Black and Maeve are more developed now. And uh, and Quinn also said, I went through about 10 different Westworld podcasts and you guys are the best. Thank you, Quinn. Thank you. That's I awesome. think so also. <laughs> I listened to we, a, we agree with you. I listened to a few other ones and I thought it was... they. I couldn't get into it right at the beginning and I don't know that we're necessarily... You'll love us within the first two minutes either, but uh, there were there was one that I straight up turned off almost immediately because <laughs> I was like, these people are just obnoxious. Yeah, They're just trying to be silly and and jokey and yeah, I'm a little I'd ra- conflicted. I'd rather, I'd rather just talk, man. I'm a li- yeah, I'm a little conflicted on what to do with theme music because I've been using the Westworld theme, and I shouldn't do that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, <laughs> so I I might just give this one a cold open. If anybody has any ideas for music or anything like that, or you want to make us a song, I don't know if we're at that level yet, but if you want to make a Westworld FM theme song, we will probably use it for at least one episode. Yeah. So we can have revolving, uh, themes. That'd be good. Who knows? That'd be cool. All right. Uh, we can get on with the episode. This episode was directed by Vincenzo Natale, uh, famous for a movie called splice that came out a couple of years ago. He's a horror director. Oh, yeah. Okay. Right but 
I, I recognized his name from from like a few different things, so I thought it would be cool to kind of state that. And I think this was also the episode that was co-written by Ed Brubaker. It was of comics. I was very excited. comics fame. Yes. Uh, so, so that was my cool. favorite comic writers. I was following him on Twitter repeatedly tweeting about how his episode was airing and not to tweet him during it because he'd be watching it <laughs> or don't don't expect a reply basically during, oh, okay. during the episode yeah and a lot of other comic i follow that's pretty much all i follow on twitter now is like a few filmmakers and a lot of comic writers and artists because they're very active on twitter they're very yeah. active with their fans they too. engage they, yes they do yeah they 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 like people's tweets and they respond it's really cool and especially watching all these i think filmmakers and, and actors sometimes are just too busy to, to bother with Twitter or they yeah. have like personal assistance or like their Twitter probably is just unusable because of all the people tweeting at them. Yeah, that's true. But the comic writers, they seem to talk to each other a lot, which is really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I love Ed Brubaker. Ed Brubaker. I'm, glad, I'm glad he's involved. Yeah. As a, he's an executive producer too. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've spotted his name yes. in the credits or not, but yeah, I saw his name way back when on IMDb and I was like, no, mm. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Uh, so, we get another Bernard and Dolores chat at the top of the episode. Uh, Dolores uh, is kind of reacting to her parents being killed. Um, and she has a very eloquent speech uh, after which Bernard kind of offers to remove her grief. And she says, why would I want that? Pain, their loss, it's all I have left of them. Which echoes something that Bernard said in the previous episode. Yes. Um, I don't know if we're supposed to take that as she... Like maybe he said that to her before, or maybe Bernard has that dialogue programmed in him. If he's a secret robot, like some people seem to think, hmm. there's. I think it could be taken a few different ways, but um, yeah. So I don't know if you had any thoughts about when this scene happened. Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm sticking. I've said this in every episode. I think we've recorded so far that I I don't know when these chats are taking place, but I don't think they're taking place in the right order or not that there's a right order but there's something strange about when this is going on this is really weird because we see we know at the end of last episode that dolores uh fainted in in william's arms regardless of when that happened that definitely happened she came from somewhere to the campfire with the gun yeah and passed out yep and then the next scene we're gonna see dolores wake up in the plains with William and Still Logan there. Yep. from that previous scene, uh, the last scene in last episode. So when this conversation with Bernard happened is kind of completely yeah. up in the air. Like, I don't think they would pull her out. He would pull her out and then reinsert her while she's with a guest. You this know? was actually the, uh, yeah, exactly. Cause how could she? Exactly. Yeah. This is when I, the only time in the series so far where I've begun to question the reality of everyone involved in the park. Yeah. I began to wonder if the whole park was just a manifestation of, of Dolores's mind or something strange like that. I, I 100% don't believe that's what's happening, <laughs> but for, but for a moment, it made me go, chewing on that. yeah, exactly. It made me wonder what, what everything I'm being presented with, I'm taking as fact and reality, whereas it's probably a better idea to not necessarily yeah. do that. Who's unreliable? We don't know who's unreliable yet. And right. Yeah, exactly. There almost certainly is somebody who's unreliable in this whole thing. Uh, so that scene goes on to um, have Dolores say, I think there might be something wrong with this world, something hiding underneath. And uh, Bernard directs her. He says, I want you to try the maze, mm-hmm. uh, find the center of it. And then he says, if you can do that, maybe you can be free. This is the first time I've been very intrigued to know what exactly is going on with the maze. Yeah. It's been on the side. It's been the, in the peripherals for me. We're kind of like, yeah, that'd be cool to get to eventually. But now it's been shoved up to like higher priority now. Yeah. Now I'm very curious um, as to what's going on. Yeah. So I don't know. And, and I will note, this is the first mention in this episode of two, I think, where somebody talks about the maze being connected to freedom. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Um as I said, Dolores awakens in the plains with William and Logan. She's got her gun as well. It's just a short little scene there. But then we switch over to Maeve and Clementine talking while Maeve flashes back. Uh, the piano song is a Cure song this week. It's called A Forest. Okay. Uh, I didn't recognize it. I had to find that on the, Me neither. On the subreddit. Did we ever figure out what last week's was? I don't know. I will have to do some research and see okay. if, if that's if somebody I love this weekly. It's name that tune. Yeah, and I still haven't taken that time to be like, what is this? Why is <laughs> why are these? So yeah, it'll. I I'm wondering if a guest or somebody in the future will react to it, and like that tweet I sent you. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. really funny. <laughs> yeah, the one the the host is trying to seduce a guest and the guest is like, Is this black hole well, sun? Yeah, playing? it said like sexy robot, come this way and me, whoa, hold, hold on. Is that is is that piano playing black hole song? <laughs> Something like that. It was, it was very it was worded very, very well. Yes. Be- better than we, we could Sorry, reproduce I can't it. Give credit to who wrote it. Yeah, you could probably find it. Yeah. Uh, the brothel gets uh, so Maeve is having these flashbacks to the broth- brothel being shot up by a guest. Uh, she remembers seeing the body shop workers uh, discussing about her needing to get back on the floor in a rush, uh, despite a, a bullet fragment still being stuck in her. So they presumably sewed her back up and put her back out. And then Maeve races home to draw a picture of the uh, body shop worker. And then she goes to store that picture in the floorboards to find that she's already drawn this picture six or seven times, or more than that, many times. Uh, what did you think of that scene? It was awesome. That's really cool. Very unsettling. <laughs> yeah, that that image of just somebody in like sort of a decontamination suit is uh, it's pretty horrifying. Yeah, and not only that image, but also just the idea that I've like I have gone through this before and I didn't know it. Right. Uh, it's very much a Leonard Shelby kind of moment yep. as we continue the memento mm-hmm. uh, references. Um, but yeah, that was just super unsettling. Yeah, the whole uh, Maeve's whole subplot is just its own horror movie. Yeah. It's really crazy. I've also learned that it's not Thandie Newton. It's Tandy Newton. That makes a like lot of sense. Like the Thames River. So yeah. I apologize to Tandy Newton. I do. I know she's listening. Yes. Uh, Sorry, Tandy. Anything else with, with Maeve at this point as of yet? Mm, nope that was just that might have been my favorite scene in the episode yeah but that was that was definitely kind of a gut churning moment yeah again just humanizing the the hosts is is really absolutely awesome yeah we're we're kind of getting to this point where it feels like Maeve and Dolores are gaining their consciousness in very different ways yeah uh Dolores is getting kind of a very pure ascension to it and Maeve is just kind of like being terrorized into having it yeah Dolores feels like a very kind kind of youthful a nurtured like, yes like kind of blooming into who you will become and Maeve's is like this kind of horrifying shock into downward it, yeah. spiral into <laughs> yeah. insanity yeah it's nuts um then we cut to uh Teresa Cullen discussing the tray with Elsie Hughes uh Elsie suggests that it might be the Samaritan reflex, as we discussed earlier. But Colin says, you guys are off this. This is now QA's investigation. We're going to investigate these things from now on because you guys aren't figuring anything out. Um, Elsie gets pretty pissed at Bernard that he just kind of rolls over for Colin. But he just kind of explains to her that they think something's going on and we need to. They think we're hiding something. Elsie says, we are. <laughs> And she says she has the line. She says it's like everyone around here's got some sort of effing agenda, except for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was pretty. I think she's right about that. <laughs> she's it, just it, showing up to work still. Yep, yep. And then uh, Bernard dim- dismisses her uh, her concerns and points out that there's. Uh, so she showed him the turtle with the supposed Orion constellation yeah. on it, but Orion's belt only has three stars, whereas this carving had four in his belt uh so not really left with much there any thoughts on that exchange i mean the 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 idea that he was really into constellations never really added up to much i think it yeah. it's probably in some way related to the maze well and the the interesting thing is that mave or no excuse me elsie uh, is talking to Bernard about this and Bernard very squarely is like you are putting all of you are connecting these dots is essentially what he says to her so I'm wondering if that whole stars thing is just kind of she saw that what she thought was a constellation being carved and then assumed that he was heading out to a mountain to actually look into the stars because we don't isn't Ashley the one who says it's a constellation Ashley suggests that it's a constellation yeah. to her yeah so that's true but I do I, love that line from Bernard doesn't he basically say you're projecting yeah. onto them yeah. and you can't do that? They you're projecting this important, like these stories. Onto they only them. do what we tell them to do. Yeah. So he thinks if you just look at who they are at their code or, or their dialogue, whatever, you'll know what you need to know. Which to me felt like empty f- words from Bernard. Bernard being the one nurturing consciousness out of like it felt like he was spewing Ford's rhetoric at her, but he doesn't necessarily believe it. It felt like Bernard being political yeah 
for the first not for the first time necessarily but managing yeah. essentially it was he's in charge of her so that's he's kind of keeping her on the task and saying listen just get back to your job because you need to figure this there's out there's other but stuff I, to do because i don't have time to do it yeah. yeah um no it was cool i liked i liked that uh show of bernard being a little bit uh i'm trying to i'm, I'm feeling to, to diplomatic yeah, just being a little bit more of like a a managerial, more a little more business like, because okay. we've we've been we've basically been presented to him as sort of a the the genius kind of dreamer who's just left to tinker and be creative yeah. and that sort of thing. But it's fun watching him, you know, realize he he has his his role not just because he's brilliant, but because he can also manage his people and get things done. Yeah, or so we think. Anyway. Um. So then we cut to Logan and William arguing about Dolores coming along for the bounty hunt that they're going to do. Uh, Logan wants to see through the bounty hunt, whereas William wants to take her back to Sweetwater. Uh, Logan's like, you brought me on this crap. Now we're going to do it. And uh, Logan has a line about the park sent her so that you'll finally have something to give a shit about. And uh, he goes on to say, this is why the company our, this is why the company needs to bump our stake in this place. And they have this discussion about, oh, so this is business. It's not just, you know, for fun. Mm -hmm. Logan says everything. In our family, everything is business. So Logan's family has some sort of stake in Westworld, which I think is a pretty interesting thing to note. Yeah, I think is now, as I guess, as opportunity moment, uh, there, there was a bit at the very, very end of this episode talking about um, how there was somebody there. Yeah, so Teresa Cullen is meeting with Ford later on in the episode. Yes. And uh, she's basically just like, well, they're going to have to send somebody to the the board is going to have to send somebody in order to uh, understand if 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 the board is happy with what's going on right now. And then Ford mentions to her, well, I thought he was already here. I thought they were already here. They were already sent. Uh, some theories online say it could be the man in black, but I I don't think so. Other people so were either. pointing to Logan could potentially be that one. I don't think it's Logan. I think if anything, it's William. You think it could be William? Yeah, because if he's, well, and I guess the line you just said that Logan says kind of reinforces. Yeah, William's kind of unaware of that there was a like a strict business connection to it, mm-hmm. but interesting. Yeah, yeah but I, well, once they said that line, for some reason, my first thought was William because he hasn't been terribly engaged with it the whole time. Yeah, he's almost more taking it in and just kind of watching how other people choose to deal with it. So yeah, he could always be. Uh, feigning Logan into thinking unless he's well for, I think Ford said it with more authority than that he he said they're here they're already here okay like he it wasn't it wasn't really questioning it and he had a he had he got some enjoyment out of the fact that they were already there and he knew and Cullen didn't yeah and maybe just because the board sent someone doesn't necessarily mean that they're aware that they were sent there to test it out if yeah. that makes any sense I for some reason I feel like it's William and William may have been brought along by like Logan may know that William is William there. is the he's, test he's subject, the test, but William is not aware. Seeing how he takes it, yeah, how he chooses to interact with the world, and how how much he buys into. I guess it. to me, it just feels like uh, Logan that con that conversation that Logan and William have, uh, in a strict statistical design of experiments kind of discussion to kind of reveal to William it's the it's the Heisenberg uncertainty principle that we're talking about here. William if William suspects that he is doing business then it will change how he is potentially it could potentially change how he is doing this business in the park. Yeah. So Logan's also angry I think in that or irritated in that, that moment yeah, so he that's may true. have slipped. Clearly he's not the most Logan's always irritated. Responsible. Yeah, he's not the most responsible <laughs> person. Yeah. I don't know, it's interesting. I I wanted to get to mention that up front before I yeah. forgot to come around to it later cuz that was that was awesome. Probably my favorite part of the episode actually was the reveal that there was somebody, somebody sent, in there. From yes, the testing board. it. Yeah, that it'll be interesting to. to it find could. Out I mean, who it, it could be the man in black. We find out a nugget about him in this episode later that yeah suggests something. Yeah, but, but anyway, well, yeah, we'll get so, there. Um. So yeah, they they just argue about that, and then I think they decide to just hold on to Dolores and continue along their path. Right. Uh, the man in black finds the snake along the riverbank. It turns out that it's, uh, her name's Armistice, which I don't think we've heard in the show. I don't think so either. Um, at least that's what she's credited as. Uh, but she has a snake tattoo, which I found interesting. I remember seeing her face in the first episode. 
because as we find as we realize and slash find out she's one of uh hector he's she's hector's right hand woman essentially and uh that snake tattoo on her face to me originally looked like damage it looked like a burn i thought it was a burn mark or something but after seeing the thing all together it very very much looks just like a tattoo it doesn't necessarily seem like there's any burns or anything associated with it um armistice is her name i think so that's interesting uh if i'm wrong please write in westworld fm on twitter or westworld fm at gmail.com uh so armistice's men get the jump on the man in black and lawrence and the man in black kills two of the men to then join her on her mission uh noting that there are some vacancies in her team and they know that she wants something out of a jail um we can get more to that later uh and then right here we cut to a scene of the QA control room noting that Dolores is deviating from her loop. She is far away from Abernathy Farm with um, Logan and William in the Mexican town, Mexican-like town that Lawrence was at. We were at with Lawrence a couple weeks ago. Uh, this, to me, is the deconfirming of William being the man in black. Because... That means William's in present day because mm, yeah. Stubbs has got to be in present day, you know, like I think that's just got to be where it all falls apart. The only thing that's still keeping me in the there's some kind of mind fuckery around, pardon my French, is the the first scene, the Dolores interview with with Bernard, because we it just doesn't make any sense where it is. It could be possible that. I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna ride this theory out just for fun, try to try to find ways that it could work. Yeah, uh, I was during this scene. I was actually thinking of of that. Um, unless she is she completed all this action with William when he was young, the Man in Black, and now she is retracing those steps because there's some oh. kind of end game going on. God damn it, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's. I guess that's possible. Like, but, like something that her father but, said, see, but said the to thing, her. The thing about that is that she, that there's a man there who we don't know if he's a host or if he's uh, one of the workers or maybe both or whatever. He shows up as like a deputy, being like, "There's reports about a woman missing from her father's farm," right? And she says, "Oh, my father's dead," because she remembers him being killed. Um, but then William walking up forces that man away. Yeah. Well, he seems like but, he, that guy was placed in there. In order to kind of correct her back to yeah. where she should be. But it's, However, it's, I guess it doesn't matter because maybe if she did this in the past again, they would still be having that issue, right? The way he, the way that that host handles it is very threatening. Yeah. It's very... He grabs her arm yeah. very firmly. I mean, unless at the end of this season or towards the end with William and Dolores, unless Arnold shows up and he somehow is the 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 nugget that's back in the back of her mind yeah. that in present day with the man in black triggers to send her back along the same steps 30 years later with the man in black again. I don't really know something weird like that could happen. Yeah. I just want to mention because I forgot to that the set, the Mexican town set is the set that they used repeatedly in arrested development for like yeah, Mexican city. And that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. I remember reading that the that's... first time they were there. I was like, ah, this looks like such a set <laughs> and I didn't care. I was like, whatever. But I was like, it just has that, that feeling to it. And then once, as soon as somebody posted the, the exact same camera setup from rest development, I like lost it. I was laughing <laughs> so hard. I was like, Oh, that's so awesome. That's the real spoiler. That's what's going to ruin your, the rest of your views of the show. Is the oh, well, that yeah, that was like two weeks ago. And then this week, as soon as they cut to the establishing shot, I just started laughing again because I just <laughs> pictured the, the, uh, the stair car parked there. And, and uh, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Uh, so as for what else is going on here, Ashley has her flagged for behavior as they see her way outside of the normal range of ops, uh, operation. Um, Ford, uh, they note in the control room that they don't know if she should be there or not because Ford's groundwork for his new storyline is, has got everything out in of disarray. In disarray. Yeah. Uh, and then some kind of man, as I said, shows up and tries, he's got a badge on, so he might be a deputy or a sheriff or something. Tries to get Dolores back to her loop, but she says that her parents are dead, and the man tries to accost her, but William saves her. And then William offers to leave her at the Mexican town and pick her up, but uh, she decides that she wants to go and stay with him. Um, any other thoughts on that? 
Nah. Nope. Uh, then we cut back to the man in black and Lawrence with Armistice to see if her intel is good on the thing that she's after. She ends up killing two people uh, in this field with her men back up on the ridge. The man in black is amused with uh, with Armistice. Um, and then we cut back to Dolores opening up to William about her changing perspective on things and her growing of this consciousness where he's kind of like (laughs) it's interesting because i feel like you can see in this scene that william is interacting with her and being like wow this is on a whole nother level like he it feels like he's engaging with her and being like well you're a robot and these things and this is how i think you function but she surprises him with her depth I think is, is the interesting thing because she has this consciousness that she's dealing with. Right. This is almost the, the Turing test kind of moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's fine. It's William finally being seduced by Westworld. Like, yep. like Logan primed him. Yeah. By yeah. saying, you know, it gets everyone eventually. Uh, William asks where she's going to go. Cause she says she doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she goes and stares up at the moon and she starts having flashbacks of the, body shop team cleaning up at the Abernathy farm after one of the random bloodbaths that could have happened there. And then William pulls her out of it and she doesn't mention anything to him about it. Um, but yeah, I thought that was an interesting scene. Yep. Um, we cut back to the man in black at the encampment with armistice and her men. This is where the guest walks up to the man in black and says that he's an admirer and your foundation literally saved my sister's, and then the man in black interrupts him and says, one more word and I'll cut your throat. This is my fucking vacation. Um, so the man in black has a foundation is what we've learned. A lot of people are assuming online that the man is about to say, you've saved my sister's life. Yeah. But I think their choice to cut that, it doesn't sound to me like he's about to say life. And the... The words on the uh, closed captions do not, they stop at sisters and then Hmm. dot, dot, dot. So I think, I don't know what's going on there, but I think there's something going on there uh, in terms of what the foundation actually does. Um, Any thoughts on the Man in Black's foundation? It's interesting. I'm glad we've got, we needed this in this episode. Yeah. I think if we had had too much more of the show without a little bit more backstory on the man in black, he would have become a little tedious. Yeah. It's already starting to border on it for me. I was kind of like, Hey, he's going to do something cool, I guess. And then I I don't have anything invested in what he does or doesn't do. We're still, he's still on a bunch of fetch quests to get to the really interesting stuff. But no, I think that that's cool. I'm curious to know more about who he is. And I think this was another clue that indicated maybe he is on the board in some way. He seems to be somebody of of importance. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, and I think this ties in with the the uh, Ashley say it, we we disagreed yes. on it. But no. Yep. I was. I'm glad you said that. I was yeah. going to mention that later. But where Stubbs in a few episodes ago stated that man yep. gets whatever he wants. Yep. Uh, he's important. Yes. So, um, especially if he's been coming there for 30 years. Absolutely. Yeah. He's got like the rewards card. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we kind of mentioned that. Looks like a casino. There's <laughs> yeah. like a rewards tier. Yeah. Yep. He's a platinum diamond. <laughs> quartz member <laughs> uh so lawrence explains that uh the armistice and her men are looking for something in a jail and that they want to steal a union cannon to then assault the jail uh the man in black says i don't have time for this and says he will leave at dawn to go and retrieve this thing uh, and he basically says that he wants a few words with her in exchange and he explains something about uh, a man named arnold so he mentions Arnold, second Arnold mention that we've gotten so far. Uh, and he tell, he tells her that Arnold is the creator or original settler of Westworld. And he created this world where you can't die. Uh, and then he says, but Arnold went and broke his own wor- world. and uh, But he thinks that Arnold left one story to tell, a story with real stakes and real violence. Um, I wasn't expecting to get any Arnold information out of the man in black. Oh, it's interesting. So I think there's gotta be some interesting connections between Ford and, and the man in black clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, any other thoughts before we move on to the, the heist? No. So Lawrence and the man in black get intentionally arrested. 
the man in black offers cigars to the deputy, but there's no smoking, and the deputy takes two of the three cigars. Uh, Lawrence has been a prisoner before, but the man in black is there to set him free. This is what I was talking about with the man in black starts talking to Lawrence about how I'm here to set you free in the sense of like, we're going to find this maze. Um, I'm very curious about that. It doesn't, it, it, we still don't, we, we have so little context with the maze that the fact that Dolores is headed there for freedom and that the man in black knows that there's, it's got something to do with freedom. Um, I think is interesting. I should say (laughs) there's another entertaining internet theory that the man in black in the show is the man in black from the movie and that the movie is a prequel to the series. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) There are people saying that this is the same man in black and that he found his way through the maze and then gained, he becomes a host, gained (laughs) consciousness, not becomes a host, but he, he ends being a host and becomes a quote unquote real person. Uh, uh, so <laughs> oh, I see, I see. I yeah, guess. so it's kind of. It, I think it's a funny theory, but that I don't think it has any real credence. Nah, not yet, anyway. Uh, so the jail sheriff recognizes Lawrence as soon as they pull up to the jail as the most wanted man in three territories. Uh, he's uh, and uh, the man in black suggests the firing squad for him. Uh, the Man in Black gets locked up with our friend from the first episode, Hector Escaton, played by Rodrigo Santoro. Handsome, noted handsome man, Rodrigo Santoro. Yes. Uh, and then the Man in Black mentions to him, you always seemed like a market-tested thing. <laughs> I loved <laughs> I loved this bit of dialogue. It was very funny. It's a good little exchange of like, the Man in Black likes to talk to the hosts as though he doesn't... It's funny because I was thinking the mention of the foundation is a real character-breaking moment for the Man in Black, but he's been breaking character the entire time. He's calling everybody what they are. Sure, he has no quote-unquote regard for their... For the story. For their humility or humanity, rather. He just treats them like... He just casually... He (laughs) likes... I think he likes acting like a god. He's he's as close to Ford and Arnold level as we can get because he he knows everything. He even tells Rodrigo Santoro's character, he says... It's gonna take him three more days. You know, he he know he's already seen what happens. He knows how long it takes for his crew to break him out. Yeah, and he tells him that the safe that he wants to get in, what he wants is not in the safe. Right, the safe that he keeps trying to steal from. Which the, is uh, like nuts. How long has you know we continue the parallel here with a video game? Yeah, like how long has the man in black been playing this game that he knows every quest line? He knows how many playthroughs has he done? He knows all these characters. He knows. It tells you a little bit about their turnover too. Like I guess that's the thing is like. Maybe in the past they've only been adding new narratives along, but now Ford is just wrecking everything. Yeah, which is true. That comes back to that later. Yeah, it's almost like there was, it's almost like DLC, like we've already mentioned. Like they keep adding more content and more content, but if you want to go back and play the old stuff, it's still still there. there. Yeah. So he's just so seasoned in all of it. He's seen everything that's. Right, which is great. Yeah. There's only one game left to play for one facet. Yeah, I loved the line where he where he analyzes. He's market tested. He goes talks about his tasteful scar. It's like it's not a gross. It's true. It's not a gross scar. Like if you saw somebody walking down the street, that you'd go, "Whoa!" Like I want to know what that story is. But yeah. you're you're not like trying to take pictures because it's grotesque. You're just like looking at it, like wow. It just it, it accentuates. It's intriguing. Yes, exactly. It makes him even more tall, dark, and mysterious. Yeah, yeah. It's really funny. Uh, and then we cut to the man in black using the one match that he requested from Armistice to light his cigar. And then Q, we cut to the, the control room where QA receives a request for two pyrotechnics, which I thought was an interesting look at how that works in the... Yes. So, like, they can basically allow or disallow things to explode if they would like them to. Uh, and they use the cigar to blow open the jail uh, as Stubbs approves the Which request. is interesting. I wonder how how that request function works, how the men in black knew that he was going to be able to do that and how they received that and know this is what's, you know what I mean? Like how does that transaction happen? Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to say. Like, I I think it, there's room for it there to be kind of, um, the way that they talk about later on jamming the guns, they obviously have these controls in place to then, 
enhance the story and like maybe he needed the like maybe there's an instance down the road where somebody has these exploding cigars and wants to use them to blow something up as the easy way out and then it turns out it's a dud because they don't approve the request and i think we're seeing a very interesting way for them to shape the narrative that these people are experiencing on a very granular basis interesting and so that approval or denial of the pyrotechnics the ability to jam guns and yeah. jail people to even make them cool down or slow them down. Uh, as I think the first dude asks Ashley Stubbs about the man in black, should we slow him down? Right. Um, I think it's very interesting to see how quality assur- assurance is doing their job when things are working correctly. Yeah. Um, oh, that's true. So... But yeah, I think you're right. I, I'm interested in how how does he know that those cigars are the explosive ones or not? Yeah, unless and, they're part of some other side quest, and he knows that those items are needed. Yeah, to do this objective, so he takes them and repurposes them for something else. Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe they're part of that story. Maybe one of the options is to get arrested, locked up with him, and bust out with the use of these cigars. Yeah. Or you sit there and, and wallow for two days until you get until you get busted out by Armistice. by his crew. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Armist- the the inclusion of Armistice is interesting because clearly the man in black knows the events that happens, but he's not aware of her. This is his first time meeting her. Yeah. So it's almost like she's been written in recently. Yeah. Well, it's... Because he's, he's quite taken by her backstory, too. And it, it's a moment where he almost stops to appreciate the artfulness of the world. Like, he has the same kind of reverence for it that Ford does. Yeah. That uh, Cullen doesn't. Mm-hmm. And he... he really seems to appreciate the beauty of this story it's it is, it is it's a great story it's very cool yeah it's uh it's a neat moment to watch him have some respect for something in the world rather than just like laugh and go like yeah be like think it's old uh, hat it's old hat <laughs> exactly exactly uh old hat black hat white hat um uh, the gray hat, old hat. <laughs> yeah part of me wonders because she references wyatt which i don't think we've gotten to yet uh, yeah, we haven't gotten to that yet in, no. in our discussion, but she references Wyatt. So it's like she has been, she just got what the update that Teddy got last week, you yep. know? She's, she's part of this larger Wyatt narrative that Ford has begun. So maybe in the on. stretch of things, it wasn't, she wasn't important before this. She was just another body to get shot to the man in black and that's why he hasn't noticed her well her name is interesting i did just look it up at imdb her name she is credited as armistice and an armistice is basically like a uh like a truce a ceasefire yeah, yeah. A ceasefire yeah and i wonder if she is named that and if she has been recently inserted into the world as some sort of ceasefire between two parties that we're not aware of yet hmm. or at least two parties that we may be aware of but don't know how they converge or interact with each other yeah Maybe. Maybe sh- the man in black might be there to oppose Ford in some way, and she may be the beginning of some sort of saying, like a sort of parlay. Yeah. Like they need to. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. It's a really strange name for somebody who spends the whole show shooting and killing. Yeah. Pretty much so. Being it, like one of the best shots. There's on something. The crew. There's something more going on there. Yeah. There's some subtext. Uh, so, uh, it turns out the other cigar is being smoked by the deputy who, uh, his head gets exploded, uh, which was good. Yeah. Um, the man in black and Hector save Lawrence at the last moment, <laughs> which I thought was a really, once again, one, yeah, yeah, once again, Hector or Lawrence is just kind of like, <sighs> Great. what in the yeah. hell? There's a look that you'd almost rather have been shot to death than have his blindfold pulled off and have the man in black standing there <laughs> kind of looking at him. Yeah. Okay, great. I got to deal with this. <laughs> Jack wagon. It's still going on. I was almost done, but yeah. Um, Hector then offers a man in bl- the man in black a chance to tag along, but he turns him down to speak with Armistice about her snake tattoo. Turns out that Wyatt and his men killed Armistice's mom, and then she paints uh, each part of her, of the snake that's on her red with the blood of another one of the men that was involved in that situation. Um, There's one bit left. One bit left, and it's a man known as Wyatt. Most know as Wyatt is what she says. So interesting that she's being looped in. It's it's kind of <laughs> it's funny that there are some people that that Ford is kind of um, dynamically and eloquently working into the thing, and then there's just other people that he's like, I don't care what's going on with you. I don't care about your narratives. We're just I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. 
that's kind of it's like he's got fondness for these players he's like oh i always liked her or something that kind of thing teddy you know teddy he's like teddy you've died a million times let's give you more purpose yeah well and it's it's interesting it's almost kind of a meta commentary just on life that not everybody is created equal not everybody will be treated fairly in life like you've got the doloreses of the of the world who are just you know, they just kind of float along and, and, and in, in terms of her, her burgeoning consciousness anyway, yeah. clearly she's been murdered a lot and <laughs> raped a lot, but she, she has kind of this almost beautiful transition into consciousness. And then you've got the maves of the world who are just downtrodden and they're there. She's relegated to, to being this like saloon girl and she's starting to have these recurring nightmares, you know? Yeah. And then like, uh, like the man in black says, you've got the market tested Hector, who's like this really fun character that just gets a great story. And when he dies, he goes out gloriously in like a <laughs> blaze of gunfire. And then you've got the teddies of the world who have the great intentions and they're the, you know, they have, they have, they're pure of heart, so to speak, but they always just, he just dies horribly. Like he just can't win. <laughs> yeah. Somebody on the subreddit noted that uh, Teddy, Teddy and Lawrence are on the other sides of the life spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> Lawrence really keeps getting saved and Teddy just keeps getting murdered. That's funny. Uh, I keep thinking of uh, the Dark Tower reference of the Man in Black and the Gunslinger because uh, Ford has referred to Teddy as a gunslinger, yeah. I think twice. And, uh, well, we'll talk about something else later. Okay. Um, so then we cut back to Maeve watching as some Native Americans are being driven out of town, it seems. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't really necessarily know, but a child drops a doll that looks like one of the body shop workers in the hazmat suit. Yep. And Maeve tries to return it to the child and ask it about that, what it is. And one of the standard buys is just like, they're not going to talk to you about that. That's their religion. Right. Um, and I should note for a later on discussion, um, the man in black notes that Hector is a half Native American, I think is something, it, it, he, he mentions something about him being half Native American. Oh, yeah. So uh, that, that'll come up later. Um, so then we cut to... Two guests, uh, the two two of the guests, or some two people from Hector's crew, hit up the brothel, and Maeve ends up recognizing them as well. Did Did you notice that? Were they guests that were with? Were they the? Was it the guy that asked the man in black about, or who who came up and was and was the admirer? Or? Uh, yeah, he was. He was the one who gets tackled in the street, whose gun jams. Okay. Okay. No, okay, so I'm thinking of something else. There's a scene where Maeve is in the... She's standing there talking with Clementine. Right. And um, she recognizes these two guys that stand up. Or Clementine is propositioning them. Right, uh, the guy who's sitting at the table laughing? No, 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 no. That, oh, okay. That's the earlier scene. This is a guy who Maeve recognizes as someone who has been there before with Hector. So I guess he can't be a guest. Yeah, but no. I thought the other guy was okay. I get confused by what you're saying. So I, I, I'd have to go back and watch it more closely. I don't really quite understand, but she realizes she's remembering that they're from Hector's crew, so right. she thinks something might be coming. It tips her off that Hector's going to be here soon. I think. Um, then we cut to Bernard watching Colin get ready to leave after one of their nights together, uh, or times together, because she seems to be leaving. Uh, Colin has to meet with Ford, is what she mentions to him. And she said she had a great line. Sometimes, despite your best efforts, you can be, actually be quite charming, which <laughs> I thought was a great line. Yeah. Um, and Bernard gives her the suggestion of not being defensive to Ford because he will detect it and sense it and use it against her potentially. So Colin heads to Ford's construction site, which is a huge excavation going on, gigantic crane, uh, good looking special or. Uh, cgi yeah no that was really good um, it really made me wonder where this was and how big is westworld we still don't really know yeah that this could be going on and that the 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 hosts aren't you know they're not coming over and the nobody else is looking aware. around yeah. yeah yeah um so they sit down to eat at a restaurant that colin has visited in the past as a child and ford kind of aggressively uh <laughs> just kind of displays omnipotence <laughs> but well yeah ford essentially displays to her that she is an ant in his he goes odin kingdom. full yeah. odin on her yeah 
Yeah, he is, but you're not king, is yeah, what he says yeah. to Cullen. Yes. In this case, uh, points if you get that reference, please let me know on Twitter. There's there's kind of a point here where Ford starts talking about how they uh, wrote about a hundred storylines earlier on, but they he was he was thinking that that things would be balanced between people wanting to engage in narratives and then people wanting to uh, just kill and murder and and pillage and all that kind of crap. And he made a bet with Arnold about it. Um, and it turned out that very few people used any of the storylines and he lost the bet. Arnold assumed that it it read to me that Arnold assumed that people wouldn't care about the storylines. He wouldn't that, that people wouldn't necessarily buy into Westworld being a living and thriving thing more as they would just see it as an attraction where they could Hmm. kill people. Um, and then Arnold didn't want the quote unquote money men coming in and, uh, and, he explained Ford explains it as uh, this this isn't a business venture it's not a theme park but it's an entire world is the, is the line that he has for Colin and then Ford kind of stops everyone from working to show his immense control over the park like the grass is no longer flowing like every like everything is under control by Ford without even like seemingly doing anything right yeah he How, can just like think it yeah. and it happens the best shot of the of the episode was when she looks out past the the veranda that they're on and sees the whole field of people just standing just standing there. Oh, yeah it's chilling yeah well even even when the when the wine starts pouring over in the glass and you realize that so like as soon as your brain is like oh what's going on and then you're like oh <laughs> that reminded me a lot of watchmen there's a there's a there's a bit later in in uh in watchmen in the book anyway it doesn't really happen in the movie where some characters are, are seated and a character uh, another character is talking to them and you just see their like over the shoulder kind of thing. These characters listening, and this butterfly that's been kind of cruising around in the background lands like on one of the characters' faces, and they don't react. And you, as you're as you're reading this as the as the the reader, this kind of happens, and you go, "What the?" And then as you turn, you realize that they're dead. Yeah. They, they've all been poisoned, and they're all dead. And this character kept speaking anyway because they like hearing themselves talk. Basically. Yeah. And that one series of pages in the book is better than anything in the movie but it just goes to show the power of like that even in that in that medium anyway that works so well yeah and and it, that reminded me a lot of that how we see the wine glass i you could see it it's just it was brilliant direction yeah that ford's speaking and your eye is drawn to him but then as that wine glass is over as filling your eye is drawn to that because we all know like, oh shit, that's going to spill. Yeah. Like, what's, what's going to happen? Like, Man, he's really feeling like he's just getting that wine to her. The second thing I thought of was Wet Hot American Summer when, uh, <laughs> when, uh, uh, shit, what's his name? <laughs> uh, John Slattery is hanging out with Amy Polarity. He's like more wine and it cuts to her glass. Do you remember this from the series? I, I can't remember it. I haven't watched it. Oh, enough. it was one of my favorite jokes in the whole TV series. He's he's hanging out with her and he's like the creepy older drama guy. Yeah. And he's like more wine and it cuts to her glass and it looks like this is about this full and he just tops it off and it's just literally to the brim. And it's it's like a pint glass or something. <laughs> he fills it up. It's so funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So basically Ford shows Colin that he's the boss. And then, uh, and that he basically is in more control than she is in terms of like, she's just a lackey for the board and he. Yeah. And it's interesting because she seems to come there thinking she's going to have some kind of, she has an agenda. Yeah. Like Elsie points out. And I don't know if it's some sort of attempted power play, but people, there's multiple characters in this series that seem to think Ford is old and in the way. Yeah, and that he's going to be out soon, and it's it's time for like a new era in Westworld. And yeah. he's, I think he's aware that they all think that, and he kind of shows her. He does the Bane moment from Dark Knight Rises, where he says, "You feel in charge." Rests his hand yes. on Ben Mendelsohn's shoulder. Yes, absolutely. And it's great. It, it, there's a real darkness to Ford that comes out in this scene that I it's, don't think was really there previously. Yeah. Well, it, I think it was it, hinted at. It was there. It, it was. It was hinted that he it has has this ability he, he's in control and he has this ability to kind of belittle his people a little bit but this was the first time that it felt like a full-on threat or it yeah. was it, it was, was it i noted last week that it was out of character that he sliced the the host's yes. face open and then i also posited the theory that maybe ford is behind arnold's death in some way well and ford straight up says in this one that arnold uh 
lost his mind, that he went mad. Yes, he lost his perspective um, and, and essentially went mad. Um, and then Ford also mentions that he they know everything about their employees and guests and even suggests to her that she needs to be careful with Bernard's uh, sensitive disposition, mm-hmm. uh, showing that he knows this thing. And uh, Ford shows that he will destroy the restaurant despite it being Teresa's only like good memory and favorite place within Westworld being like, I don't care about you. <laughs> you yeah, are nothing not to me. In that moment, he just, with his brain, steers the crane over there and goes, you know what? I'm going to bring it right on down just because you you said you liked it. Yep. Um, Dolores offers to follow them into that. We cut to Dolores and William and Logan going to head into this homestead to kill or get their bounty. Dolores offers to go in with them, but William has her stay behind. Then Logan and William go in and kill all but the one wanted man uh, at this family homestead where they had just kind of been terrorizing the family that was living there. Uh, Logan finds a new gun that he fancies. Somebody mm-hmm. said that they, they felt like they could see the purple text coming off of the gun as right, if it yeah. was in Borderlands. Yeah, exactly. Or, or Destiny being a rare gun. And um, so that was good. And they end up taking their, their uh, bounty out of there as well. Uh, the man in black, we cut to the man in black and Lawrence searching for Wyatt and they end up finding Teddy tied up after supposedly, I, I'm guessing after the events of last week where right. uh, he was left behind. Beset upon by Wyatt's gang. Yep. Uh, bloody but not dead. And the man in black cuts him free. The man in black, of course, knows him. Yep. Yep. Again. And so, oh, uh, Teddy. so Teddy just kind of finds his way out. Uh, or uh, presumably, I don't, it doesn't. We don't really know what happens to Teddy, but doesn't I got the impression that's the last we see of them that episode, right? Yeah. I think he's with them. Oh, so maybe he's yeah. coming along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. I did guess you watch right. the next week? Huh? Uh, I did. This is the first week I watched it too. Okay. I kind of wish I hadn't. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to talk about it too much. Okay, it did make me excited. We should talk about it afterwards. Okay. For a yeah, that's second. fine. Hot um. Second. Uh, then we cut to Logan and. The, basically he wants the outlaw gagged and ends up killing the deputy with them after he finds out that the outlaw is uh, has an in for El Lazo. Um, Logan basically wants William to go black hat with him, quote unquote. He's like, we did this thing for you. Now let's do this for me. You've got your girl. Uh, Logan notes that this is an Easter egg. Yes. Which I think is interesting. Uh and then William basically freaks out about Logan shooting a man because he's treating it very real now. Mm-hmm. Um, Dolores is pissed about them letting the outlaw go. And uh, William notes, he says, the second we get away from the real world, you turn into an evil prick, uh, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um it's like I think somebody in the subreddit talked about how it's like William has never played a game of Grand Theft Auto or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And uh, William uh, Logan calls William Billy, and it makes William really angry. Yeah. So that's interesting. Wasn't there something about a name in the original Rust World? Maybe I'm putting something together. I thought there was something about a nickname. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Let's do more research. I didn't think about that, but now that you're saying it, something that. Uh uh, Brolin said to yeah it's either Brolin to the other guy or the other guy says to mm, the yeah I don't remember. lady of the night that he's with or some I can't I I can't remember I'll have to look into that um, lady of the night <laughs> uh, Logan very plainly discusses the game around the hosts and Dolores kind of gets confused about it as mm. we've talked about previously where her programming doesn't have any context for that. And then uh, Logan seems... We cut to a shot of Logan seemingly heading to Pariah, which is where the outlaw wants to go to hook up with El Lazo. Right. The name of the town. Uh, I don't know if we get the indication that William is headed there with them or not. So, um, any thoughts on that scene? Not really. Just uh, curious about this dynamic between Logan and William. Absolutely. Uh, and then finally, the final scene of the of the show, uh, Hector is back in town to rob the brothel with some guests this time. QA is aware of the situation and adds some shoulders to ca- soldiers to give the guests something to shoot at, essentially. Uh, but the QA uh, control room also notes that there's families heading to Sweetwater at that time, so they start wrapping up the assault prematurely by 
uh, jamming guns, and then they're going to jail the guests overnight. Um, and then Hector, so Maeve gets the jump on Hector and holds a gun up to him as he walks into the place. She takes him up to where the safe is and basically gives him a proposition. I will give you the combination if you answer these questions for me. Um, she shows Hector the picture of the body shop worker and asks, what is this? And Hector happens to know this. He says it's Native American lore called the Shade, a man who walks between worlds and, uh, and uh, he says that they're brought to their world from hell. So they kind of go, they're the in-betweens between hell and heaven and, and, and Westworld, essentially, is, is what the Native Americans think. This is where that Native American connection for Hector comes in, I think. Right. We get an offhand word from the man in black to kind of set up this scene. And then Maeve asks Hector to cut her open to look for a bullet fragment that she thinks is there, and she finds it. And she very much says, none of this matters. She's aware that this she can die and be brought back to life. Yeah, it's a, it's a really kind of a watershed moment for her, yeah. at least within the episode, if not the whole season so far, that she says it it, it, it affirms for her that she's not insane. It yeah. confirms two things, basically. One, I'm not insane, and B, none of this matters. Yep. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty crazy. Pretty bleak <laughs> ending. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely left me, most of the other episodes have either left me with a note of... of I don't want to say definitely not like a good feeling. There's nothing that ends, but it, usually I thought of like, I can't wait to see what's next or, yeah. or something, but this left me just with this, like, I was like, Oh, just like a sadness. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so overall we were talking a little bit before the episode. You said that you didn't like this episode very much. I didn't like this one very much. No, not, I, I, I don't want to say I didn't like it. And as usual, I was driving here and I was thinking like, I didn't like this episode, but by the end of our talk, I'm going to like it more. And that's yeah. true. I do. I do like it more, but I feel like I'm, I'm not in a different place at the end of this episode than I was the pre- at the end of the previous episode. We're, I don't we're treading water a bit. A little bit. Yeah. I feel like I haven't quite, uh, I have no forward momentum. Yeah. And, and I kind of, I, I had brought up the idea. I think this, the, the honeymoon, honeymoon phase is a little bit wearing off with the show. Yeah. Uh, I didn't necessarily. I didn't dislike this episode, but these past two episodes, I've kind of been like, we're getting more context of things, but it's we're less. I think we're so much more aware of this world and more of the w- rules around it, even though we're still in the dark on a lot of stuff. That I think our brains are still extremely engaged, but the show is not feeding us that information. Right. I would like some some small resolutions here and there. Yeah. Or at least we're getting to that point now where questions have been continually being raised with each episode and now that my ratio of questions raised to questions answered is not quite satisfying enough yeah. for me. So we're getting to next episode is going to be episode five and that's halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if anything major is going to happen next week, but we'll see. Yes. Um, we will. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Overall, Still a good episode. Still a good episode. Ready for next week. Yes. Um, happy with everything going on. There's a sad lack of Stephen Ogg in this episode. But I was going to say that earlier while you were talking yeah. about that. Yeah. There was no Rebus as, no, as far as we no saw. Stephen Ogg. But hopefully he comes back. Also no... Um, Sizemore? Really, yes. I'm really bad at the names of this show. <laughs> it's hard. Well, that's, Nicole actually noted that last night when we were watching because she's like, HBO's terrible at using names. And I'm and I kind of said to her, I was like, I think it might be that idea of if they mention names too often, then it feels unnatural. Correct. Yeah. Because I, I was don't going to say that when I'm talking to you, I don't call you Nick very often. No. But I, I maybe I do on the podcast so that people know, like on film nerds, I would so that people knew that I was directing something at you. Right. But in terms of in real life, we don't refer to each other with our first names very often. With some people, you know, it's almost weird when you use their name. Yeah. It comes out strange. Yep. You only use their name when you're talking to somebody else. Yeah. So I think that's why they don't do that. But it is the only reason I know the names of these people is because I have a podcast about this show. And then I'm <laughs> writing, I'm sitting here writing these notes so that I can actually refer to people correctly. Well, generally, the only time in the show you hear characters' names are when other two other who two or more other characters are talking about a character yeah. or when the man in black is just being a dick to them. Yep. Saying, Pretty oh, much. hey, Teddy. Yeah. Sorry, so. buddy. Yeah, all in all, I don't really have like a spoilery section for this week because I think most of the cards are on the table now yeah. in terms of 
you know, I, I, there, there are some big theories on the subreddit still kind of kicking around, but, uh, you know, I can do more research for next week to see if there's still any crazy stuff going on. There's still people wondering about whether or not Westworld is on earth or not. Yeah. Um, so all that stuff is still generally out there and I don't think that we've gotten any real, um, uh, disproven or, or deconfirmation of anything so far. Um, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the show so far. Uh, once again, you can find more of our episodes on westworld.fm. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music. We're on a new uh, player called Satchel Player that one of our listeners uh, wanted us to be on. Um, so go check us out there. Subscribe. Uh, if you really want to support us, you need to rate and review this show on whatever podcatcher you are listening uh, to it on. Uh, that will help us become more visible, help us get more listeners and uh, make sure that this is something that we can con- continue doing. So please be sure to go and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and all of those awesome places. Uh, we would be very happy to do that. And maybe if we start getting some of those reviews, we'll re- we'll talk about them on the show. Uh, hopefully reviews are positive, but even if they're, if they're not, maybe we can address them. Uh, we're also Westworld FM on Twitter, and you can email us westworldfm at gmail.com to tell us what you think of our show and share your thoughts on HBO's Westworld so we can read them on air, much like our wonderful listeners did this week, uh, Gordon, Katrine, uh, Chris, and Quinn. Um, please write in. We love hearing from you. It makes what we're doing here even more worth it to know that there are people out there listening to it. Uh, the Midwest Podcast Network has several other shows. Please go to midwestpodcastnetwork.com to check them out. And uh, we just did a new episode about the Midwest Game Reads po- or of the Midwest Game Reads podcast about PlayStation VR and Gears of War Four. So if you're into video games, like you probably might be, if you are still listening to our show and watching Westworld, uh, go check out MidwestGameRoots.com. And uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Uh, we're excited for next week, and we'll have another episode of the podcast out after that. But until then, may you rest and have a deep and dreamless slumber. <laughs>